You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Wednesday, May 10th. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. You know, one of the things that New York Giants general manager Joe Shane said that he really wanted to do this offseason was to improve the Giants' run defense and the depth on the Giants' defensive line. Part of that was the drafting in the seventh round of six foot five, 330 or so pound defensive tackle Jordan Riley out of Oregon. In a couple of minutes here, we'll talk to Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Ducks about Riley and uh, get to know uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit more about the young man, you know, from the perspective of someone who watched him play a lot for Oregon last year. Riley's a really interesting story. Guy who played six years in college. Guy who went through four different colleges. Started at North Carolina. Played there for two years. Ended up taking a step back at Garden City Community College. Then went to Nebraska. And then finished his collegiate career in 2022 at Oregon. Giants drafted him in the seventh round, 243rd overall. I figured they might draft a defensive tackle at some point on day three. Was a little bit surprised that it was Riley instead of Moro Ajomo, who out of Texas, who was still available, and Jared Clark out of Coastal Carolina, who ended up as an undrafted free agent. But the Giants liked what they saw from the young man, said that he he fits what they want in terms of the run defense, should be a player who could come in and compete with DJ Davidson, guy they drafted last year in the fifth round for some snaps behind Dexter Lawrence at the nose tackle. One of the big goals for the Giants this year was to... Uh, take some of the load off of Dexter Lawrence, who played a career high in snaps in 2022, played about 82% of the Giants' defensive snaps. That's a massive load for a 340-pound man. And uh, as productive as Dexter Lawrence was, as terrific as he was, the Giants would really like to lighten his workload. And, you one of the things about the offseason, in addition, in addition to Riley, Giants added two veteran defensive tackles to the mix. They signed Ashawn Robinson as a free agent. Robinson's last stop was, of course, with the Los Angeles Rams. He's a veteran defensive tackle, been in the league for seven years, 
played four seasons for the Lions, three seasons for the Rams. Guy who doesn't bring a whole lot of pass rush, but a guy who's a veteran, solid, run-defending defensive tackle. Should be a huge upgrade over any of the depth that the Giants had in 2022. And they also, of course, signed Raheem Nunez-Rochez, who played last season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another guy who's a veteran, guy who's been in the league for eight years. Again, a guy that don't that won't add a lot to the pass rush, but will add a lot to the run defense, to the rotation as the Giants try not to wear out both Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. That was a huge problem last year. When those two guys weren't on the field, the Giants had a very, very difficult time defending the run. And uh, that showed in their overall statistics as they were one of the worst run defending teams in the league overall. So hopefully the the defensive line, the interior of that defensive line will be much deeper, much stronger. And, uh, you know, one of the, uh, as I said earlier, I had an opportunity to talk to Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Ducks about Jordan Riley. So let's uh, let's do this. Let's get right into my conversation with McLaughlin regarding Jordan Riley. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, Giants fans, as we try to get to know a little bit more about some of the players that the Giants selected in the 2023 NFL Draft, I'm joined by Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Ducks and Locked On Pac-12 to uh, tell us a little bit about Jordan Riley, the big defensive tackle that the Giants drafted in the seventh round. Spencer, thank you very, very much for, for hopping on. Hey, yeah, great to be on with you. Always happy to talk about some future products. There you go. There you go. So Riley seems like an interesting guy to me. Um, I know he was only in uh, only in Oregon for a year, uh, but he, you know, he he got a chance to speak to media. I think it was Saturday at at Giants rookie minicamp. Seemed like it seemed like a nice kid, and but he's got he's got quite the story. In just in terms of of how many places he 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 played in college, um, do you are you familiar with how he actually ended up at Oregon? 
Uh, loosely, yeah. I'm curious if you have a tidbit that I might be uh, unaware of, but uh, Tony Tuioti was his defensive line coach when he was at Nebraska, where he uh, where, where he was at prior to his arrival in, in Eugene at, at Oregon. And he, along with Casey Rogers, who's on Oregon's roster going into this year, both came with Coach Tuioti following their position coach from Nebraska over to uh, Eugene to play for the Ducks. And Riley, a guy who was in college for six years. Like, this is this is not your, uh, you know, three-and-done college football prospect who's, you know, played the minimum number of snaps and redshirted a year and then started for two years, popped, and now he's going to the draft. This is a seasoned college football player who's been in the weight room for a long time who, you know, you touched on – uh, on it when you were introducing him at the start of this segment. Big, big guy. And I think that's what ultimately landed him uh, to to get selected by the Giants in, in the seventh round is that he is just a really, really big body out there. I don't know that he's uh, the sort of guy who can become a dominant player, but I think from a, a size standpoint, he fits. And, you know, he's someone who has has just been around for so long, and it's only in this era with with the COVID year and whatnot that you could say a guy played six years of uh, of college football. Absolutely, I didn't realize he had more or less followed a coach from from Nebraska to Oregon. I know you know he started at North Carolina, ended up having to go backwards to a community college. And then to Nebraska, and then to Oregon. So it is, uh, it, it is quite the uh, quite the crazy journey. And uh, yeah, and he is, as you said, after six years, he's a twenty-four year old. He's not, <laughs> he's not a twenty-one year old kid coming into the league. He's a he's a twenty-four year old man. So it's a little a little different. Um, I'm curious, as you you know, as you said, he's he's a big guy, big body. Let's talk about about what role he played, you know, for the Ducks on their defense. Was he was he an every down player? Was he primarily a two down, you know, run defender? Uh, you know, just what talk about what role he played? Yeah, he, he was a starter for the Ducks. He was a guy who came in and uh, was trying to help replace. Uh, he's on the interior, and Thibodeau, of course, was on the edge, uh, as you guys know. But Oregon's defensive line was looking pretty thin going into last year, and it was. It was a weak point for the Ducks throughout the course of the season, and Riley was a guy who uh, Oregon was able to just rely on consistently. You know, he's someone who uh, played exclusively on the interior of the defensive line. I think his body type makes that uh, a pretty obvious if you wanted to, you know, roll out three, four personnel and have a, a true nose guard over the center, he could do that. But I, I think he fits uh, pretty well and is most comfortable in in a four down scheme where he can kind of play the gaps uh, on the interior of that defensive line. And you know, he, he he was solid. He wasn't anything special, but I never felt like he was uh, disastrous for the Ducks or that he was a terrible player. We're glad to be rid of him or whatnot. I will say I was a little surprised that he got drafted. I thought he was going to end up being an undrafted free agent figured he might be able to find a role on a, a team given his his size and, and experience at at the college level and how ready he can be to to kind of hit his ceiling you know he's not someone who you're drafting and saying boy he's got a bunch of untapped potential and we just gotta you know coach him up a little bit here and there he, he can improve particularly with his pass rush moves uh in terms of his production on the field but 
I think he's a guy who is not going to, you know, radically change your defensive line, but he can serve a role. He has a purpose as as a defender in the NFL based on what we saw from him in a year with with the Ducks where he's not going to put up a bunch of crazy stats but he might be a part of some good plays and do some solid things and you know he uh he had a couple of key batted passes his best game really came against uh Utah the Ducks best defensive outing of the year at Autzen Stadium which is their uh their their home field he and Casey Rogers both that they were Rogers was a little more disruptive, but Riley, you know, had a batted pass that led to a key interception after Oregon had just turned the ball over and they got it right back. And uh, Utah that loves to run the football wasn't able to because of how disruptive Riley and Rogers were being. So, you know, th- there were some moments, but I won't say there were an abundance of them from Jordan Riley. I think he's a guy who's out there to to be a big body, play in between the tackles try and clog up some running lanes and, uh, you know, maybe make an impact play every, every now and then. But I don't think he's anything special on that front. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned a little bit of surprise at, at him being drafted because I felt like on day three, I felt like the Giants would address the interior of their defensive line. That's something that, that GM Joe Shane had talked about the entire offseason was adding defensive line depth. They added a couple of defensive linemen in free agency, A. Sean Robinson and Raheem Nunez Rochez. And I, I thought they would add one more player, but I guess Riley wasn't the guy I was I was expecting at that point. Um, but I guess it fits if you're thinking, you know, three, four run stuffing nose tackle to to give Dexter Lawrence a, a blow every now and again. Yeah, I think he can do that. I, I think he's a guy who uh, can can go out there and and swallow up a double team as as well as you could hope for, but I, I think he's definitely a rotational guy. I don't think he's someone who is going to go out there and in a four three scheme or uh, nickel personnel go out there and start right alongside Dexter Lawrence. I don't think he's got that sort of, of potential. And look, maybe you know that that's what his ceiling is, but I think that he'd have to develop uh, a little bit, particularly in the pass rush department in order to become that sort of player. He's not particularly quick. He's not uh, obviously an Aaron Donald type with his uh, agility or uh, speed that he can operate with between the tackles. He's much more of a classic big-bodied interior defensive lineman just – He's he's a space mover like that. that, That's mm -hmm. that. That's what he or space filler and a people mover is kind of what his game is. And, you know, he wasn't incredible at at Oregon, but I certainly wouldn't look at him and say, like, wow, I can't believe he even found an NFL roster. Like, I I just didn't think he'd get drafted, but I figured he would he would find a roster given how how big he is. There you go. What can you tell us about him? Um, I know he was only in Oregon for a year. Uh, can you tell us anything about him just, uh, you know, off the field, you know, what kind of what kind of person he is, what kind of guy he is and anything, uh, anything about him at all? Uh, no, nothing really of note, which I think is kind of a, a, a good thing. If you ask me, like always, uh, always had a reputation as being a hard worker, pretty quiet, humble guy, never, you know, made a bunch of noise. He's not Kayvon Thibodeau out there, right? Thibodeau walks into the room and he's already been there for two minutes. You know that that's kind of his his flash and bravado and uh, moxie and whatnot. Riley's not going to be like that. You know he he's just someone who wants to show up, get to work. You know, try and get better, put his head down, and and not uh, not ruffle any feathers. I, I would be 
I would be pretty shocked if there were, you know, a lot of stories uh, about him on, mm-hmm. on that front that don't have to do with, uh, w- with his production on the field. I don't think he brings uh, any sort of baggage. We never had any issues or anything of the sorts at, at Oregon, was well-liked within the locker room. So I, I think Giants fans can uh, sleep easy knowing they're not bringing in a, a disruptor or a guy who you're taking a chance on attitude-wise because of his immense talent or anything like that. I think he's just a, a solid guy and a, and a solid player. Nice. It's funny that you uh, that you mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau, and I would be remiss if we didn't t- talk about Thibodeau for a minute. Yeah, of course. I, Thibodeau is a guy, and and I wrote this the other day, in contrast to Tay Banks, the cornerback that the Giants took in the first round this year. Banks is a quiet kid, unassuming not a lot of ego. You speak to him, he speaks in one sentence answers and you you basically don't even know that the kid is there most of the time it seems like. Thibodeau when when Thibodeau wants to be heard, you know where Thibodeau is a mile away. <laughs> he he's yeah. he's a presence, he's one of those people where who you seem to know where he is on the field and off the field. So, I I'm just curious what you know what you thought of Thibodeau's rookie season with the Giants was it what you expected it to be was it less than you expected more than you expected in terms of production and what'd you think of his uh, of his rookie year yeah it's exactly what I expected you know there's of course a a jump to make into the NFL you're not going to dominate like you can at the college level but you know, I remember uh, getting a text from an Oregon State fan, actually, who was watching the Monday night football game against Washington, where he was dominant, forced a touchdown, had a couple sacks, was just blown up the whole game. And I I wasn't watching at the time. And he just texted me and said, so Thibodeau's pretty good, huh? And I was like, why? What, what's <laughs> happening? He goes, just just look at Twitter right now. And it was all about Kayvon Thibodeau and what he was doing and such. And like that, that's what he's capable of. That's what we saw at Oregon, you know, every year that – he was there, right? Took a little time to acclimate as a true freshman, just like he did in the NFL. But once he gets his footing under him, understands, you know, the the, the scheme that he's in, how to navigate those particular waters and such, I, I think that he he can be a, a dominant top five ten edge player in, in the NFL. And I think he's well on his way to doing that after his rookie season. And if his college track record is any indicator, he's going to improve. Because as a true freshman, compared to when he left after the uh, – after the 2021 season, he was a much more refined pass rusher. He was a much more dominant player. But even as a freshman, you know, at the end of the year, he was tearing it up in the Rose Bowl, right, and wreaking havoc on Wisconsin. And, you know, ESPN was uh, falling in love with him, of course, because he was so dynamic, and he he just fully lived up to the hype. Number one overall recruit in the 2019 uh, high school class, number five pick to the Giants, of course. I, I think this is a guy who's just destined to be – a really, really good and consistent football player whose motor on the field is is pretty relentless. Yeah, I always thought that even when he wasn't compiling numbers, I thought he was playing with force, you know, doing doing his job per se. But it right. took a while for us to to start to see the splash plays. Would you be disappointed if we don't see double digit sacks out of him? Um, or is that, I don't know know if disappointed is the word. I mean, at some point in his career, I, I, I'd suspect he can get to that point, but I don't think that's necessarily 
it, you know, what he has to do in order to it uh, to be a justified pick. You, you know, I, I think if 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 he reaches his full potential, yes, he can be a double digit sack sort of guy. But if he doesn't do that, I don't think that's, you know, a, a disappointment per se. I think that's more just uh, him drawing a lot of attention and maybe, you know, he hasn't quite uh, figured out everything in, in the NFL game. But yeah, I, I can see him having 10 to 12, ta- 10 to 12 sacks in, in a season once once he really gets going. And I, I think his rookie year showed some some serious glimpses of that. All right. Hey, Spencer, I appreciate uh, a few minutes of your time before I let you go. You know, feel free to uh, to let people know where they can find you on uh, on Twitter and where they can listen to your shows and, and all that. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Smalls underscore 55. I host Locked on Ducks and Locked on Pac-12 Monday through Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I also do some play-by-play work for Southern Utah University on ESPN Plus and host a radio show on the Fan Sports Network. So I'm all over the place as much as I can be, and it's great to come on with you, Ed, and you can all shoot me a note or a question anytime, and I appreciate you reaching out. Hey, thank you much uh, for stopping on. So uh, hopefully – Hopefully, you know, there'll be some more uh, Oregon Ducks uh, who, who become Giants here down the road. I'll be here for them. All right. Take care. Giants fans, that's our show for today. Our thanks to Spencer McLaughlin for spending some time with me, for dropping some knowledge on us about Jordan Riley, defensive tackle from Oregon. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Support us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Support our website at BigBlueView.com. And uh, please remember, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the (laughs) No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.